Done. I'm a writer, bicon, bisexual icon, wink, and former shooting guard for the David Posnack Hebrew Day School Rams. Shooting guard? Yeah. What's that? It's like not the point guard, but the other guard. Oh my god, I thought it meant guns. No! You grew up in Florida. <laughs> this is Just Between Us, a podcast about brutal honesty, female friendship, and completely unsolicited advice. Thought I was on a gun squad? Did you see how I lined that up with the music? Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, Brendan saw it. That was <laughs> really, really good. No, I was on the the basketball team in middle school. I honestly thought that maybe you were part of like a student security force <laughs> that like w- w- wandered the grounds with a <laughs> rifle, and someone trusted me to do that. I don't know. It was a religious it was school, Florida. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a lot of bad decisions happening. No, no, no. It was uh, the the basketball team, the high school basketball team. Um, just minutes ago, I went to the restroom while Gabby waited outside, and then I forgot to lock the lock. And then a man opened the door on me. Yeah, I saw and that after after it already happened. Yeah, why didn't he help me out there, Gabs? I wasn't I wasn't paying attention. I was just on my phone. Okay. I didn't realize it was happening. Well, I wish you had. Why didn't you lock the door? Um, I'm not sure. I think because I thought you were outside. Oh, I had I did not think that had anything to do with me. Well, I'm gonna blame you for it. Oh, okay. Here's the thing. I didn't even care that much. Oh no, I well. I had it happen one time at a work environment, and I was like, I can't recover. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, I was just like, well, it's over. Yeah, this is my work environment, and it just happened to me. Yeah, but this was like a guy that was already weird. Which was already a weird, and I was like, well, now what am I going to do? I guess quit. Well, the issue was that I'm wearing overalls today. I had that thought as well. And I had a jacket that I wear over the overalls, but I had to take the jacket off, obviously, to take the overalls off. Yeah. So I had a situation where I was like... I had a lot of pant and also like a, a jacket draped around me. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> so I looked insane. <laughs> Wait, oh, because you don't want to put the jacket like on the table or the floor or right. anything. So I keep it on my body, on my person, so right. it doesn't touch anything. I also um, wouldn't put the jacket on the floor. That's- you put your jacket on the floor of public bathrooms? No. You can't come to my home anymore. No. <laughs> I'm really sorry, no, but no, you no. can't. No. None of your outerwear is allowed in my home. No, I put it like, uh, I guess on the door or like over the the, t- the toilet tissue area or... What? Guys, that's disgusting, right? You can't pee with the jacket yeah, on John you. John and Kristen both agree disgusting. It's grosser to pee with a jacket on what you. What are you talking about? Because my I have a long jacket on and a short skirt like that girl from the cake song. And I can't. You, <laughs> and jacket wo- you will... have not worn a short skirt in like two years. That's very true. But then uh, but then the, the jacket will dip into the water. No, I you... mostly actually have a problem with clothes of mine touching the water by accident. That doesn't surprise me. How often is that happening to Like you? so often. Oh my God. <laughs> like way too often. This is an example of better left unsaid. I, well, I you, shouldn't have asked these you questions. You started. I know. You started a bathroom conversation. I had, I, if somebody walks in on you in the bathroom, you have to immediately tell everybody. Do you? I mean, everyone, including the podcast yes, people, because it was traumatic for me. Oh, was it? You just said you didn't care. I didn't care as it was happening, and now the more that I'm processing it, the more that I care. Yeah, but here's the thing: like everybody poops, you know. I wasn't pooping. <laughs> no, no, I know. Because it, it's it's like everybody's going to the bathroom. You know what I mean? Well, so what else is going on? We have a book coming out. Please send help. It is a sequel to our first book, I Hate Everyone But You. You can pre-order it now. It comes out July 16th. Oh, yeah. And we're going on tour. Yes, we're going on tour that week. Um, check out our social media to find out where and when. Oh, yeah. I'm excited to tour. Uh, I'm Yeah, I'm excited to, like, you know... I yeah I'm I'm excited to tour. I wish that we were like more rock and roll. I and wish I was in a rock band for sure. Right, and we could like go and like destroy hotel rooms and like hook up with groupies and like you have the hook whole... up with groupies now. I know someone shot their shot when we were in Austin. I know they did. Ugh. But I but yeah but I had to turn them down out of out of ethical reasons. I'm proud of you. I I it was a, I did grapple. Wow. So you could never hook up with a fan. No, I think I could. 
<laughs> we have got a great show for you today. We'll be talking to Joel Kim Booster about his childhood. We'll also be talking the imposter syndrome when we get to topics XXX. Is it the imposter syndrome or just imposter syndrome? It's just imposter syndrome. Oh, okay. Yeah, now I feel like an imposter. <laughs> cut that, cut that. Oh my God. <laughs> Hit the music! International question! International question! International question! Olivia from NYC, baby. Nobody's banning me from singing along, and yet I don't. I would be furious if you ever <laughs> sang along. This is my time to be in a rock band. Like, we didn't say, Gabby, don't sing this part. I think it was established uh, yeah. a long time ago. Okay. Um, interestingly enough, this is Olivia's message. I'm Olivia from NYC. Not international, but so excited that you sing the song with a backtrack on the podcast. So this email's just for you then? Absolutely. They all are. <laughs> Here's my question. Is it okay to ghost bad friends? Or how do you break up with toxic friends? Do you think I'm a bitch if I move across the country and literally never talk to them again? No. I'm, I'm leaving the Midwest after college to move back to NYC with my family. My only hesitation is that they constantly talk about future plans after graduation, sometimes even saying how they want us to be in each other's future weddings, which is absolutely not on the table for me at all. <laughs> I fucking love this girl. I love Olivia. Am I a bad person if I ghost them and end the friendship? Do I have to sit them down and tell them I don't want to keep in touch and why? Ugh, this is so tough because I kind of essentially did this. When you moved uh, from New York to LA? No, no, no. I moved to Boston. Oh, you- After high school, moved to Boston. And was like, let me out of this religious environment. I'm going to start all over. And I'm going to not talk to any of these people. Did they keep trying to talk to you? <sighs> You're like, nah. No, it kind of took a while to, to fade out. They did try to keep in touch? Um, Some did. And, and I, it just got to a place where I was like, we have outgrown each other. Mm-hmm. Because... Because, like, now, even now, it's like, they, they all have kids. They're all still pretty religious. And, like, that's just, that wasn't my, that wasn't my journey. Mm-hmm. Like, I was, like, knew I was queer. That wasn't for me. It wasn't on the table for me, <laughs> as Olivia said, which I'm going to use. All. I'm going to use that forever. It's not on the table for me at, at all. all. <laughs> um... Like that, like if someone asks me to like get, take the trash out, I'm gonna be like, um, that's not on the table for me at all. <laughs> um, that's uh, gonna be rough because I often ask you to take my trash. I know. Out. I've, I'm, uh, yeah. Well, I'm, I was your boyfriend, but now I'm not. Um. So basically, so okay, I. I just felt like I, for my mental health, I needed to get out of that religious environment. Mm-hmm. I was closeted. I didn't. I. I didn't want to be fr- I wanted to be friends with people who I who didn't use the word lesbian as a pejorative um you know just like minor things that were a problem so I mean I it is curious that she doesn't say why she doesn't want to be friends with them anymore honestly there made there might have been more to this email Allison this is an hour-long show I can't read you the whole fucking email <laughs> you know how long these emails are yeah I hear you I, I can't remember with this one if there was more or not Okay, but either way, she feels she's outgrown them. She feels like she doesn't want to be friends with them anymore. They're not the type of people that she envisions herself being friends with, which I totally understand. And I respect. I totally get that. I think that there is something huge about being able to understand when someone isn't treating you right and instead of feeling like it's your fault realizing that like they should not be in your life anymore and the and it and it's okay to grow and be like i want to be friends with different people now like i i have different priorities i have different opinions on things like i oftentimes have trouble with people who hold on to childhood friendships when it's like that person like fully hates immigrants (laughs) do you know (laughs) what i mean like yeah what i don't think that time spent means like like space earned. Correct. Yes. Put that on a t-shirt and fling it into a crowd. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I'm, I actually bought I bought a t-shirt cannon just for your oh, saying. Thank you so, so much. When it comes down to the nitty gritty of the fact that you're leaving soon. Yeah. And do you need to tell them? I don't know what a professional would say. Like if I was a therapist, like maybe I would give you a more mature response. I think don't say anything. And then when you move away, just kind of stop talking to them. I did have – it is a little hurtful, though, because what, but I did have someone who I didn't want to be friends with anymore, and they kept contacting me in this way that was, like, very needy and very, like, unhealthy. Yes. And I – eventually, I wrote back 
because they were they would text like novels and mm-hmm. like and I wouldn't reply. Um, and so I and I and it was someone that I was close to, and I and I wrote back and I was like, uh, I can't, I you've done a lot of things that are unacceptable. I can't I can't take this on and be a part of this. Like I'm not in a in a place to be friends with someone like this anymore. Because it was a person also who like I had a lot of party friends, a lot of people that were sort of fucked up on drugs or whatever. So like, or like had issues with, um, yeah, I don't know, like just like taking money from people. Like it was like a whole, you know. She was not bringing anything positive into your life. Yeah, it was like, it was like messy people. I was Mm -hmm. really into messy people and drawn to being friends with messy people. And so, so I did, I, I replied and I was like, I can't, I can't be your friend anymore. And then I, and then I blocked her number. And yeah, so, so I, think, I, I mean, I think there's a two tier plan. But it was good to give. I felt like I had to give her a, an answer so that I would be free. Absolutely, but I think that I don't know if it is worth the grief of Olivia in her final days in college to sit her friends down and lose all and tell them she doesn't want to be friends with them anymore, <laughs> and then like have to deal with like you know the next month of her life. Like I think that I think maybe we wait unless it's. So, so toxic, like mm-hmm. where they're bringing you down every day and they're talking, you know, and like you're crying in your room. Like if the, if these are just people, you know, you don't want to be friends with anymore, but like you can handle like mm-hmm. another month of college. I would say get through the month and then move to New York and then be distant. Don't reach out. And if they keep reaching out to you, then you explain yourself. Yeah. But I mean, I, I'm always I'm always pro taking the route of not hurting someone if you don't have to. Yeah, but I I would feel I mean so I I was dating someone and he had a group of friends and there was one friend from that group who who had done this who had disappeared, and when I was with him and his friends all they would all just talk about like like hating that guy and not understanding why he did that and being frustrated with him not responding and why is he doing this and blah blah blah, um and it, and I was like have you guys ever thought that he just doesn't like you <laughs> and that like hadn't occurred to them. So, like, I it, if he had, I think if this guy had just been like, I don't want to be your friends anymore, maybe it would have stopped from this from being the topic of conversation every time this fucking group got together. You don't think that if they said, if he said to them, I don't like you, I don't want to be your friends anymore, they wouldn't talk about that all the fucking but time? But at least they would have answers. Like, at okay. least they would. So maybe the compromise is, you know, once you leave, then you tell them why. But you think she needs to tell them right now? <sighs> no. And I also don't think – I was trying to think if she should write an email, but I think it's too dramatic. I think she should just be like, um, I'm just not – I'm not – I don't know. Because I, because it is also like I'm not interested in keeping in touch is so – It's so brutal. Yeah. I think that you can say like, look, like I've, I loved our college experience together, but I just feel like in the last year or so we've really grown apart and now that – um, and we value different things. And now that we're living in different places, I just I don't think I don't know if it makes sense for us to maintain such a close relationship. It is like a breakup. Yeah, it's, you, it's like a breakup. I mean, but, but I, I also, also think that there's different types of breakups. There's people where like you can just get away with ghosting them. Yeah, there's people where you can have a quick you can send a quick text and there's people who's going to want three hour phone call. Yeah. So I don't know enough about how close she is to these people to see what breakup is is appropriate. I'm also a coward because there are certainly people that Keep that that really make an effort to keep in touch with me and I have a lot of resentments towards them and I think that they've treated me poorly in the past and I and I still I don't know how to be like because they'll always reach out and I'm like I don't know how how many times I have to be like no or like how many times I can like be be in my hometown and not reach out before they get it. Well, maybe you should follow your own freaking advice and send them a text explaining it. Oh, I know. I know. Right? For some reason, some people I felt okay doing that and other people I'm like, I don't know. I really, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Because the whole thing is, in a way, it's about protecting their feelings, right? That's why you're even bothering to ask this question. Of course, which is how I feel too, yeah. And so it's like, what is least hurtful? Mm-hmm. Is it giving them an explanation? And so I think that you have to get a sense of like, how committed they are to continuing this friendship anyway. Because some of them might not even be. They might start their new lives and you might barely hear from them and that's why I just don't think it's worth like yeah. stirring up the shit before you even leave. Yeah. But then there, you'll see how other people react and how committed they are to maintaining the friendship and those are the people you might have to like actually have the conversation with. 
Yeah, and you just have to be prepared. They're going to talk shit. Yeah. Like, that, like there's, and I've been on both sides of that, where I'm sure the people that I'm no, no longer friends with all are in a group chat talking shit. And then I've, like, been in a group chat where they're like, why doesn't this person reply to us anymore? And it's like, I don't know. They, like, you're just, there's just going to be shit talking. There's also something that comes with growing up and realizing that not everyone is going to like you. Oh, huge. Yes. Like not everybody likes me, and that's okay. As long and you as don't I like them, yeah, and I don't if like you them. Don't like, it's like Rome. It's like fucking Romeo and Michelle, where she's like, "We were trying to make you like us, and we didn't realize that we don't like you." Ooh, powerful words. Amazing. Put that in the t-shirt cannon. Well, okay, and I'll launch it into space. <laughs> <laughs> I my personal advice is to to wait it out a bit and see what happens once you guys are physically apart Mm -hmm. and then if they keep trying to maintain the relationship then I think you have that difficult conversation and you say you're going in different directions and you just for you it doesn't make sense to continue this friendship anymore and then they might be you can't you can't you can't control their reaction exactly you just have to do what you're gonna do and then back and then stay by and then stand by it and you can't and you can't try to control them being mad at you or their reaction they're gonna have whatever reaction they have that's not your problem and if there's a specific thing you can point to about why you don't want to be their friend anymore i think you can do that yeah i think you can say look when this happened i didn't bring it up but this is it, it's made me feel this way and i just it, i right now i don't feel like it's good for me to be friends with you and then and then don't worry about what they do after that exactly because you've handled yourself and you've covered your business and you've covered, you've handed yourself and you've covered your business. Put it on a shirt and shoot it out of a t-shirt cannon. <laughs> if you want to submit your international question, send it to justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. That's justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. Stick around after this fun break because we've got a scandalous interview coming up with Joel Kim Booster. Just between. Just between us! Now it's time for the juiciest, most scandalous, controversial segment known to all of podcasting. Tough questions. You are more confident saying that, but I still don't believe it. Whatever, Gabby. I don't care what you believe. Oh, finally. She hits back. It took, (laughs) what, like 14 episodes for you to zing me back? if only you knew what I was thinking the whole time. That's sweet of you to keep it to yourself. Thank you. I'm growing. (laughs) Well, we have a very exciting guest today. (laughs) Joel Kim Booster, comedian, writer, and Olympic hopeful. Oh, that's exciting. We'll have to get into that. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi. Thanks for having me. So we wanted to talk to you a bit about growing up. Okay. Because uh, you have were, an interesting, yeah, childhood. You have a bit of a story. Yeah, I this is it's the it's the like the thing to talk about on a podcast. Like, <laughs> um, so if you anyone's ever heard him on the podcast before, the here podcast. it is again. Yeah, turn it off. I guess <laughs> and you talk about it in your stand up too. Yeah, I talk about it. I've mined it pretty. Uh, uh, like thoroughly, but I always find a new thing to talk about when people uh, bring me on. Yeah. So what was the what was the situation? You were adopted, right? D- adopted. A adopted. Uh, white family. B uh, Christian family. That was a big one. Great. Um, homeschooled. Wow. Um, huge. Um, Where in America? Uh, the very the the center. The very oh. center, the very center part, uh, right outside Chicago, like forty minutes down, out okay. of downtown. Is, uh, what's the feel Plain of that? Plainfield, Illinois, is the name okay. of the town, and it is exactly as it sounds. Got um, it. it is uh, just me and Melissa McCarthy honestly, <laughs> from, from that town. Also, Jenny McCarthy, which is what? slightly oh, yeah. less cool. Yeah, um, it's very boring town. It's pretty boring. Um, the rumor was that it was founded by the KKK. Oh, like that fun. is what a cool rumor. Yeah, um, and I believe it. Um, not a lot of of uh, people who aren't white there, or at least not when I was growing up. I think there's a fair amount now because it's just like you know everyone's moving to the suburbs from the cities. Um, but yeah, it was. Um, it was like, the thing is, is like it. It was pretty unremarkable in like both good and bad ways. Mm-hmm. Like it was it, a fine place to grow up. Really, mm-hmm. like truly. Right. Um, no, no one was like horrible. I like I didn't. It was the kind of town where like I truly didn't notice I was poor. <laughs> like, Is that why were um, you homeschooled? Religion. They. I mean, they were very, very religious people and did not want us to learn about the world. <laughs> oh, how <laughs> many have other you, siblings? Yeah. yeah, I had an older brother and an older sister. I have. They're still alive. Okay. Um, have your parents passed? 
No, they're still alive as well, unfortunately. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love them. Um, no, um, yeah, I had an older sister who was eight years older than me, and she was homeschooled until the third grade, and then my mom had to go back to work, and so they sent her to public school. And then by the time my brother and I, who my brother's only two years older than me. Are you by, all adopted? No, okay. I'm the only one. Okay. Um, they decided to spice things up a little bit on the, <laughs> that number three. Um, yeah, and so then by the time my brother and I were on the scene, um, my mom was still at work, but they were like, we should homeschool them anyway. So um, my godmom was living with us at the time, So she, but she worked from home. And so she would be like doing like uh, triage. Like she worked on the phones. Basically, she was on the phone all day. That was her job. Um, and my brother and I were sort of left um, to school ourselves. And that seems illegal. Yeah. In yeah. many ways, yes. Yeah. Do you think if they had, did anyone ever like come check in on your schooling? No. And um, if you're n- Christian, they don't have to. Yeah. I don't, I don't exactly know the legality of any if of that. If you have a religious exemption, they don't have to. My school was a Jewish school and we didn't have to take like the, the Florida standardized testing. Oh, okay. They never, it was like, it could have that just been be a non accredited school. That like they, be it's, at all. it shouldn't. Um, yeah. But I mean, ultimately, the reason I, I like pushed to go. I always wanted to go to public school. I always wanted a regular school environment. I all I wanted to do, all I wanted growing up, pretty much was like to be normal, quote mm-hmm. unquote, which was like tough. And um, yeah, so I always wanted my brother and my sister could care less. My sister was like, you know, uh, very very smart, um, and like did well in school, but was like a good good girl. And mm-hmm. then my brother never wanted to go to school, wanted to do school at home either. Really. Um, spent most of his days playing video games um, because no one was watching us. And then, um, <laughs> what a, a wonderful Christian up- yeah. <laughs> upbringing. And then, yeah. And then, right around uh, my junior year, I was like, "We got to do this because I want to go to college, and this ain't gonna cut it." Um, and th- by this point, like freshman year, they had switched me over to like an online school, so I okay. had a little bit more direct like teaching <laughs> yeah, going yeah, on, yeah. which was better, I suppose. Um, I mean, never saw any of these people, but like would like turn in papers and stuff like that and get notes and stuff. Did you I, feel like when you started that you were far behind what you should um, where yeah. the other kids were? I mean, yes and no. So like I was very lucky that I started reading really, really young. Mm. Like, um and really loved to read. My mom was a big reader and I think like it was one of those things where it really does like as a kid you watch your parents read and you're like I want to do that yeah so, yeah. you're like oh this is an activity yeah, yeah 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 and so I was really like aping my mom and so I would read a shit ton and so by the time like freshman year rolled around and like the other thing is is like they would get these like curriculum books like these Christian homeschool curriculum books but like do none of the actual teaching or schooling or checking or anything like that so like they would like hand me the like a history textbook like an American history textbook and I would just sit for and like a month it? and read it. Wow. Like cover to cover. I mean, that's how people used to learn. Yeah, yeah. sure. But like never was asked to like answer, memorize right. a president or a fact or write a paper right. or put anything together, you know. and Because like, they were Christian books, did they – was it a skewed version of yeah, stuff? Yeah, I mean, yeah, for the most – it's actually hard to gauge because like there was definitely stuff like I didn't learn a ton about like – the civil war in the way yes. that we understand okay. it now you know but like a lot of it was like 20th century american history and so okay. like post like like early like uh, not a lot of like revolutionary war like facts and or beyond so i i really remember like learning most of my history truly right starting around like world war one and wow. then like sort of moving on from there I went to a, a Jewish school, uh, middle school and high school. And when I got to college was really the first time I realized that everything that I had been taught had been very skewed religious. That like we didn't learn we didn't learn anything about European history. We just learned the like Jewish history in Europe. Oh. So like I didn't know – and it, like every year we had a Jewish history class. But I learned that other kids had – European history or like they were doing like Russian history or broader yeah. sort of people well, that weren't still Jews. Skewed because it's like European history. You know, yes, like it's exactly. never it's never like African history exactly. or South American history. Yeah, yeah exactly. So we didn't ha- I, there was no option for that at all. Gabby and I have an ongoing debate cuz she wants to homeschool her kids and I Woof. I don't think that's a good idea. What are your thoughts? Well, it's tough. It's it's tough. It's cuz I have a lot a of real homeschooling experience. Well, I mean, it's a very it, common yes. one. 
but I do, I do know alone. that there, there are like plenty of like. There's like you can do it the crunchy way too, which is I'm sure like yours would be very progressive and sort of like let's go to a museum and yes. like spend see, the but, day but at a what museum. What about not interacting with other kids all day? That and see that's tough for me. But I think like mileage may vary depending on like what kind of kid you are. Like I do think that there is something to be said for like the social like aspects of being in school but then i, I think were you in classes or anything no like so sophomore year i went to this like weird co-op school that was in a baptist church and there was like wild yeah, yeah and no one no one really was accredited to be teaching there i I don't think. Anyways, it, it was it was weird. <laughs> but were you, is it like you could hang out with other kids? But yeah. I think if you put them in like dance classes or soccer or whatever. It is different though because like it's like – because my parents d- did that kind of stuff too when I was really pushing them on it. Because like I – so I did like a homeschool bowling league when like I was, okay. at, I was at church and stuff like that. So like I was – around other kids and I was big finally getting socialized but it is it's a different thing I don't know I I I do think there's probably a way to do it and like and certainly I don't think public school is perfect or the the way we do schooling now is perfect it is sort of crazy that it is exactly the same as it's been for like so so long since yeah you know my concern is what they teach um well I mean are you concerned that what are you concerned about though I'm concerned that they they teach mostly male perspective, mostly white perspective, like that there is no African history or South American history, that they that they ignore women's contributions to things, that it is this like same curriculum that we've been doing since before we knew better. I mean, I think that's when are you going to have kids? I don't know. I I I just got out of a relationship, so I'm not sure. There's Never. <laughs> there's lots. There's just a lot of factors that go into that. I think like it's like one is where are you raising them? Like right. I think like, and I think we all need to have a little bit more. It's hard because like I'm never gonna have kids, but it is also like we should be more involved in like the local school elections yeah. and like true being keep it is our our schools, you know. Mm-hmm. So. And it may come down to just they go to public school and then I say. What did you learn? And then if right, and then you supplemental. It's all supplemental stuff. Yeah. yeah, but it is crazy. It is crazy to think that school is just the same as it's always been, essentially in in many ways. And like we haven't really shifted. It, it's it's wild. Like the hours that school I know. <laughs> takes yeah. place. Like it's um like you guys were. I mean, I used to just wake up at five thirty every day, and that was normal. Right. Me too. And like and like I didn't love it, but like it didn't feel crazy to me to be waking up that early. And now to wake up at five thirty, most oh, to learn most Saturdays, oh. I'm waltzing in at five thirty. <laughs> like I can't even imagine having to wake up there every day, five days a week. And you get to school and you're exhausted. You get like, I like just being home at three o'clock and being like, well. I could go to bed right now. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's how and, I felt. But then you have to do like eight activities and do your homework, yeah, and like I, it, you just like run them ragged. It yeah. is nuts. Although I will say, it did prepare me for this life, <laughs> like, <laughs> like just like constantly going and and never having a, an ounce of free time. I feel like that is all of our lives in but many ways. I was such an overachiever, like trying to be an overachiever, that I feel like it gave me this this inability to have any sort of work-life balance that yes. like if you're not working you're garbage yeah i felt that way too and i you know my parents would be like chill out and i like didn't listen to them no but like my grades literally don't matter because i'm a writer <laughs> like no i'm not tr- i didn't apply to medical school i wasn't trying to go to law school like yeah and you know and like that crying over that chemistry test in the 10th grade Waste of tears. Oh, my God. We had a a secular building and a religious building, and we would learn opposing things. So, like, in the science, I always say, like, we would take a test in the science building and have to write, like, all these things. And then we would take a test an hour later in the religious building and write a completely opposite thing. That's crazy. And we would just get graded. They were – and I would be like, how are they – and they'd be like, they're both true. How? It was very confusing. Well, I find religion to be extremely problematic. <laughs> Overall. Wow. Hot take. Hot take, hot in, take in this Los Angeles county. Yeah. Uh, well, did you then go away to college? I did. I applied to one school because it was free online. And at the time, it was like one of the few schools that had an online application that was fairly easy. Um, it was where my 
junior year prom date went. She graduated a year before me. Oh, nice. And I, um, yeah, and so I went there. It was called Millican University. Okay. Um, very good theater school in central Illinois. Um, did you live on campus? I did. And I what lived, was that like? Um, it was actually fine. It was like a fine experience. I had a really great, simple roommate um, my first year there, and he was like very sweet. Um, and I... Only one weird thing happened. So he moved. He only went. He dropped out after the first semester. Tragedy. Um, I loved him. Um, (laughs) He did. He found out like three weeks in that I was gay. And he like broached it very respectfully and was just like, I just want to know. And then he was like, I'm cool with it. He's from a very, very tiny, tiny, tiny town. And I think I maybe was the first gay person he ever met. Wow. Um, But he was like so chill and great about it. And I would constantly, um, he would leave for the weekends and he would come back and I would have rearranged the entire room. Um, and and when I say rearrange the room, I mean like fully psycho, unbunking, unbunking our beds, like truly making these gigantic decisions for the space in which we lived, <laughs> not consulting him at all. And never once did he complain or even say a word. He, every single time he'd come back and he'd be like, this looks great. Oh, <laughs> like, why, why yeah. were you doing that? I just think I like, I think I was going a little crazy, like living a dorm life basically yeah. and just like not having space. And and so then he left though and I had the room to myself, which what leave? a dream. Um, he was like, he's a small town boy and like small town goals and like just like wasn't into college. He yeah. was like, I, well, I don't know why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, he like got there on a football scholarship and he's like, this is a D3 school. Like, I don't know what yeah. the point is. So, um, yeah. So then I had the room to myself. And then one day after I was living there by myself, someone had come in and like dumped a bunch of trash on my floor, like fully, like every floor surface. And oh. so like, I was like cleaning it up and the guys on my floor, we also had like a, a very tiny floor, like, uh, we were on the last one and no one lived there. There was like 12 of us. And like all the guys came by and saw me cleaning and they helped me. And then they were like, I can't believe someone would do this to you because you're gay. That's not cool. Like they're, just because you're gay, they can't do that. And I was like, we don't know. That's why. <laughs> like, we, we have, there's no evidence that this is yeah. a hate crime. But now that you say it, I guess it's possible. <laughs> like, um, Did you better? ever figure out who did it? No, never. Is and it, it never better? happened again. So oh, that's good. Is it better if it's a personal attack, like we hate Joel, or is it better if it's like... Yeah, I didn't even think of that either. I truly didn't ever know or speak to anybody in that dorm, really, except for the few guys on my floor. And so I was like, I I feel like it must have been random. Like, I must have, like, left my door open and somebody Mm. was like, what a fun prank this would be. Because they didn't steal anything either. So how personal could it have been? Like, had a laptop and everything. Like, it's crazy. Um, But overall, good college experience. Although I did feel very – this is the thing, though. And it didn't hit me until I was, like, a junior in college that I was like, oh, I'm just now getting good at being a student. Because, like, little things like taking notes or taking tests. Like, I never got the hang of, like – I didn't know how to study. Right. Like, it's a skill that you learn Mm -hmm. in school because college is sort of modeled after real school. And so, like, the skill set that you need to survive in college is, like, very similar to the one that you develop after years and years in the public school system. And so not having that and not being able to know, like, how to, like, take a note or study or, you know, it was was really hard. And I was, like, I, I really struggled in a lot of, like, classes, not because I wasn't very smart. Like, I can fake it like so far in class and I was always like very intelligent and like can process information and I've always been a good writer that's always reading reading and writing has always been like sort of my saving grace like mm-hmm. I can write the hell out of a paper but yeah it was always really tough for me to like learn how to be a student and it wasn't until I was like really far deep in that I sort of got the hang of it and was like oh okay I, I can do a flash card now. <laughs> you know if a 17 year old came to me today and was like what should I do should I go to theater school it would be really tough for me to say yes like, I, agree with the, that. I agree too but then it's like what's the other option just come out here and start yeah working. I honestly if, if that seven the hypothetical 17 year old was in front of me today yeah. I'd be like go if like go and take a fucking like acting class yeah in like go to new york or la and just like live work and take an acting class and you'll and, and like here i can show you how to make a resume like yeah, there were, there were like professional though. like preparedness classes that i took that was really helpful in, in terms of like how to present myself and how to audition and stuff like that but like you don't need to spend forty thousand dollars a year to do that. Right. Know? I would argue that there's different levels of maturity at eighteen. Yes. And so there are some people who are good to go and be adults on their own. And then I think some people do need kind of like the babying and the, the community that is college For sure. to, to grow up. I yeah. I will say though, 
Yes, I think that's important. But don't pay fifty thousand yeah. dollars a year for that. It's it's right. Weird. That can look more like going to a community college while living at home. But like yeah. you know, I think yeah. some people aren't ready to just like be out on their own. Of at course, 18. there's such a stigma against that though. But like some people are just not. Cheyenne came home. Cheyenne went out. My sister went to college in L.A. Came home after a semester. A lot of my friends dropped out of Emerson. Like. It, it that we force I mean like your roommate we force people to go yeah. to these places that they're not ready to be at I think that's starting to change you know I was just having this conversation recently like our you graduated in like 06 right high school high school yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so we're around the same age are you I was 07 yeah yeah so, so we're younger. all like roughly the same <laughs> okay okay <laughs> up a lot. Um, but like I think our generation was like the last sort of generation that was like we a school college yeah, is you just have to go. I mean I yeah. think that's but I think it's starting to change for kids mm-hmm. now because I do see a little bit more variation and I think like I I think just the realities and also we weren't talking about student loans in no. the way that we're talking about them now like I going in in 06 everyone was like yeah just take out as many loans as you need and you'll Me pay too. them back Me too. like just, yeah yeah just like sign the paper and it'll be fine and like no because like our parents were just able to like you know they 10 years Paying back student loans for like twenty thousand felt like doable Absolutely. back then. Let alone the fucking mountain. I could buy a house by the time I'm done paying my student loans off. Yep. Um, and so, and my parents' loans. My mom went to law school, and her loans like weren't even that much because it was a different time. Yeah. But at least like she was making it out. I remember my senior year. They made us sit down with a financial advisor. And just like sort of go over everything That's before nice. we graduated. Yeah, it was a small school. So it was nice that they did that. And I remember Nancy fucking Askins sitting across from me being like, you majored in this. This is your loan. This is, this is your debt. She's like, what were you thinking? That's literally verbatim what she said oh to me. Oh, my God. She said, what were you thinking? Because she's like, this is not a, this is not a degree that will get you a career guaranteed that you know. But what is like honestly, unless Nothing. you go to a technical school or you're in nursing school, yeah. like th- it doesn't exist anymore. I didn't major in English. I majored in journalism for the express purpose of being like journalist is a job, and I will have a job after school. And by the time I graduated in 2010, print journalism was dead. Yeah. And so I applied everywhere and got nothing. And I did do the quote unquote right thing. Yeah. Wow. It sucks. Bummer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, would you want to have a little bit more fun? Yeah. Okay, we're going to move on to our next segment, which is called Hypotheticals. Uh, it's a game where I give you guys made-up scenarios from inside my brain, wow. and then you decide Horrific. what you would do. <laughs> yeah, It's going to be a scary, scary ride. I don't know about that place in there. Yes, my brain is a scary place. <laughs> Here we go. So there's a couple different versions of this okay. game, and our first version is called Is This a Date? Okay. So we're deciding. You'll never win. Romantic. I'm uh, truly in real life either because I'm very bad at this game uh, in real life. So Dating or hypotheticals? All both. All Got of it. the above. Here we go. Your divorce attorney asks you to celebrate signing the papers in their hotel room since it is a suite and has a butler. They won't tell you why they are staying in a hotel. Is this a date? Um, can I ask a, a clarifying question? Absolutely. Is the butler going to be there? Yes. Not a date. He's going to be there watching you or he's just going to be he's there like to help your needs? standing at the door? Standing at your door. He could get you the drinks. He can get you food if you get food. Not is a there date. a private bedroom area yes. that the butler could be in the living room? Yes. And uh, do they do this with other clients? You have no idea. Okay. And how how long has have I been divorced? Like, or how long have we been separated to to do the divorce? Um, a year. And how close are me and this? Are so we, close. We're texting. Yeah, you guys are talking been, all the time. Uh, he's they, your he's your rock. Got it. Um. So do I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to call up a girlfriend and I'm going to say who's also been divorced and I'm going to say hey, hey bitch. Uh-huh. <laughs> Because we're close. It's not a pejorative when we're close. And I'm going to be like, is this normal? Did you do this when you got divorced? And then based on what she says. I'm but she'll be like, my divorce lawyer actually doesn't live in a hotel. So it's different. Oh, got it. Oh, so this Why is like sort of an hotel? Eloise sort <laughs> yeah, of situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do they a live suite, in the hotel? Like, of Zach and Cody sort of situation yeah, but where they live up. in the hotel. Yeah, but grown he, grows, up. he lives in the hotel. Oh, he lives there. He lives in the hotel. Okay, my my mom is a divorce attorney. Whoa. And she does like go out to drinks like to celebrate signing the papers with her clients, but out in public, drinks in public. Well, guess what? 
your ex is waiting for you in the hotel room. Whoa! The guy, they're, they're trying to have a reconciliation. My ex but is the why? butler? Why would my lo- lawyer do that? Because right. he believes in love. But That's but, what a terrible profession. I know! <laughs> is, is your ex the butler? Uh, no, that would be crazy. <laughs> it would be unethical for them to take on your divorce when they've hired your husband. Well, they they haven't. Well, I think this would be since I'm gay. It would be a episode of Next, like one of the gay episodes where everybody on the bus hooks up. Um, mm, so so every, I go there. My ex is there. The, the lawyer is there. The, the butler is there. there. We That's all hook up. That's a fun time. I we approve of that. Yeah. That one. I think he actually figured this one out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a date times three. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Our next game is called "Is This Person an Alien or Just Rude?" Okay. And I mean like an outer space alien. Yeah, yeah, Got yeah. it. While at a packed club, a large man puts his hand over your entire head to move you out of the way. <laughs> he then squeezes it three times in a loving way before disappearing into the crowd. Is this person an alien or just rude? People well, do this. On your head? <clears throat> like you, like the claw and like a stuffed animal vending machine game? And maybe people have physically moved me rather but than not, not from your head no i have a question sure. if he's so physically large how did he disappear into the crowd good that's, question that's a clue for me and terms. it should be but i will say i don't think he's rude because i think or at least if he, someone touched your t- put their hand over your entire top of your mm-hmm. head and squeezed it three times after hot. physically moving hot. you I'm okay. hard. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. But then he disappeared and he left no, you. No, no, no. But there's an important piece that we're missing that I think, like, maybe the initial move was rude. But I think he realized that it how it could be perceived. Per- yeah. And the loving squeeze <laughs> is sort of fun. Like, I would be mad. I would be, like, as I'm being moved, I'd be like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And then I'd, and then I'd look at him and he'd be, like, just smiling and just a little three squeeze. And I'd be like, okay. You know, like, I would be sort of like, oh. All right, fine, and just sort what? of like laugh it off because we would have a moment. Yeah, I think. was then, it too? You, you look up and guess what? He was the butler. What? <laughs> was it too loud for him to have asked? Ah, uh, yeah, it's a club. Oh, you okay. ever been to a club? No, never. Exactly. I don't leave yeah. my house. See, and that's I think where where I'm I'm seeing the picture is because I've been to many clubs. I've been moved many times. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that Joel really again landed on something, which is how did he disappear? Into a spaceship, that man was an alien. Okay. So the butler was an alien? See the yes. Clue. The butler from the first one was also, was the large also man, an alien. <laughs> was also an alien. I'm creating so a universe. Knows, yeah, I was going to say, know, this like is Marvel like the MCU. Yeah. It was like a full like after credit sequence. Absolutely. Really. So, so then that guy was, was doing that because he knows you. No, because, because that's how they do it. Him. No, that's how they do it on their planet. Oh, that's come on, how they Gabby, come on. Come on, keep but up. But he was part of the orgy in the first one. Yeah, but he more different. And he kept touching your head during that too. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know. We got to we got to move on. She's, yeah, she's, she's not, not catching yeah. up. She's in a different cinematic universe. <laughs> wow, I'm DC over yeah. here. Our final game. Okay. Are you an asshole? Okay. Ooh. Your mother-in-law yes. All right. That's fair. (laughs) Your mother-in-law drives you crazy. So you tell her you're not planning to do anything for your birthday, even though you're throwing a big party without her. Wow. When she sees the posts on social media, she releases your spouse's college sex tape as revenge, and they lose their job. Are you an asshole? Wait, this is my (laughs) mother-in-law? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they released a sex tape of their own child? Yes, they did. Yeah, we, no, we I mean, established absolutely. that she's, she's crazy. She's the asshole. She's the asshole. But you instigated it knowing yes. what she was capable of. Okay, but because like... Because for years she'd but been why threatening would you want to that, release that Why tape. would you want that person at your birthday party? No. Yeah. Like, I think if you... Especially if you knew what she was capable of and that's what she's capable of. But she was hurt. You established a boundary and she's not allowed to no, you blame lied. that. You lied. You didn't establish a boundary. Establishing okay. a boundary would say I'm having a party and you're not invited. But that she's not allowed. I don't you think don't... you're an asshole. I think you're weak in that scenario. Oh, and you don't have to be responsible for her actions. Okay. Why? Well, what happens to your spouse now? Um, they leave you and move back in with their mother. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I well, knew it sounds was... like they're pretty fucked up. Yeah, we dodged a bullet. Yeah. And, uh, and then is, we go into the divorce attorney. I was going to say. <laughs> and that's where it all begins, baby. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for joining us wow. on this wonderful ride. Where can we find you? Uh, I hate Joel Kim on all social media oh, that's, handles. 
That's sad. No, it's great. It's great because <laughs> no one else can get those handles now. You know, I beat them to the punch. Oh, that's that's true. The oh. best offense is a good defense. Exactly. You I'm, know this from being a troll yourself. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that was so fun. Thank you again. And stick around after the break because we'll be talking about imposter syndrome. Woof. Welcome back. It is time for Topics. XXXXX. Gabby, you missed your cue. I'm sorry. I was folding my papers to be neat. Oh, that's so unlike you. When we're done with a paper, I like to fold it and put it away so I know we're done. It's beautiful. <laughs> um, this week, I wanted to talk about imposter syndrome. And you Huge. might be wondering, what is that? So let me give you the definition. Imposter syndrome is a psychological term referring to a pattern of behavior where people doubt their accomplishments and have a persistent, often internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. Even when they're not a fraud. Exactly. Correct. So I would argue that um, Donald Trump is an imposter. (laughs) (laughs) And he's an actual imposter. And he's an actual imposter. Whereas, like, people, like, it'll be like someone who's a renowned scholar in a thing saying, oh, my God, I'm going to get found out that I don't know anything about this thing when they absolutely do. Do you feel like that about money now that you're a money guru? I feel imposter syndrome about almost everything. Take me through it. If you'll recall the episode on which we had Kara Brown, Mm -hmm. she talked about being so confident and feeling like, I could do this. Yeah, totally. I could do this. I know. That blew me away. (laughs) I I was like, what is that like? I know. I feel... uh, like everything that I've made, I've while I've been doing it, I've been like, I don't know. Like I feel like I've been like, uh, yeah, sure about everything. I feel that way about the writing process. Yeah, like I feel like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to writing, and then everyone's gonna read the script and think it's utter garbage. Even though you have a degree in screenwriting, let me show tell you a bunch of people have a degree <laughs> in screenwriting. <laughs> but I'm just saying, it's not like you just. It's like something you studied. Yes. But at the same time, I feel like I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing or how to do it. But the other aspects, like the more businessy as well, not businessy, but like uh, directing or producing or yeah. like managing, I feel much more confident in that. Even though that's like not my trained craft. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like Why? if I'm on set and I'm like the director, I do feel like competent and capable. But like when I'm sending in a, a draft of a script, I'm like, fuck. Really? Oh yeah. That's so interesting. Is it because you love being in charge? I love to be in charge. And I also think that writing is harder. Like, it I think is. it is so much harder to write than to direct or to, like, produce or I oh think Oh, my it's, God. Well, now we'll never have Steven Spielberg on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You've slandered his profession. Because you're starting from nothing. You're, yeah. you're starting from a blank page versus, right. like, taking material that exists and enhancing it. Yes, Different skill sets. It's a different skill set. But um, I – okay, so here's the thing is that imposter syndrome disproportionately affects women, minorities, uh, uh, women who are minorities. Like it disproportionate. like that's why Kara being a black woman and being so confident is like chef's kiss. But like it's this thing where, you know, you'll be like, oh, can I direct a feature? I mean, I, I have only directed a few short films. And then meanwhile, they throw like Jurassic World to some guy who directed like one music video one time. Are like, you they- serious? That that guy did not have a lot of credits and they just gave him a studio movie and it was like a controversy because they were like, really? Like I think he did a nice job. Did you even see Jurassic yes, World? Yes, I did. Okay, well, I didn't. Well, he earned it. <laughs> <laughs> I just think like there's this thing where women and especially women of color and, and queer women and queer all, all the amalgamations of that. I think it's like this thing of like, well, I have to be so excellent mm-hmm. and I have to like think of myself in such a way to to think that I'm ready to do this thing. And like I feel like men will will be or white guys will, will be like, oh, I like uh, burped on a page and it's genius. I feel it the most when it comes to being an adult. Interesting. I don't feel like an adult. I feel like I'm walking around pretending to be an adult and I am not capable of anything. I feel completely ill-equipped to handle taxes, healthcare, uh, like any sort of financial planning. I, I don't know how to like buy a car. I don't know how to fix anything in my home. I, I like I don't know how things work. 
But here's the thing. For a lot of that, that's someone else's job. You didn't study accounting. I know, but I, I feel like I grew up with a father who was incredibly capable. Yeah. And so because I'm not as capable as him, I'm like, well, I'm not an adult because I'm not I don't have all the knowledge my dad has. Why didn't that's he, an adult. Why didn't he teach you that stuff? Uh, it goes right over my head. <laughs> well, believe me, he's tried. I get like notices from my bank and I start to like wig out. And all I have to do is put them in a file that my dad made for me. <laughs> and and you, he's tried to teach you and you don't. I, yeah, I just feel, and my mom has this too. She doesn't feel like an adult even though she's in her 60s. See, but this is interesting because then it gets gendered where mm-hmm. like women, you're like, I have to be a certain way so I can be an adult or seen as capable or to be taken seriously or anything like that. And your dad probably was just like, I got this. Yeah, probably. There also is a thing um, in my research on Bad With Money, uh, which is my financial podcast. Nice plug. Thank you. Um, I, there was this thing where in terms of intergenerational wealth, so like the father will take their son and teach them about the money and teach them about what to do, like to take care of the state or whatever. uh, But they will rarely teach their daughter the same thing. And so it has the effect of like, the guy the then the daughter marries a man who his father did the same thing for him and then their household is run the same way so it becomes this thing where like where like women are are not taught these skills as much throughout their families as like sons are and i i don't think that that's true in my family because my dad doesn't have sons but no, i think I, that yes. there's a there is a sense that i grew up in a gendered household where my dad knew how to do all of that stuff and my mom didn't yeah and so i've always been like well i'll just marry someone who knows how to do it because i'm not capable of doing it exactly yeah but you are and it's capable. not my dad's fault yeah it's just like i i don't it's like a society's fault i'm not sure it's my own insecurities fault but you yeah you are capable am i yeah, because I always think like when like if left to my own devices, sometimes I'm like, how would I be alive right now if if I hadn't met Allison six years ago? But also, <laughs> but like I somehow made it to 25 without knowing you, so I feel like I am more capable than I than I thought myself to be. It's weird because I feel extremely capable in a lot of ways. Like, yeah, I feel like I honestly I feel like I could probably run a business. Sure. Or like I could, I mean that this counter to what I just said, but like I, I like I, I think I could show on a TV show. Like I think I could be like the top yeah. person on a TV show. That doesn't intimidate me. That feels like something that would like play to my strengths. It's something that I want to do. You could run a business if you had a CFO. Yeah. Right. Um. <laughs> but then like things like being a wife. What's that like? I don't know, you know, like, or being in a, being a partner in a long-term relationship. Like, yeah. it's, it's like kind of the non-career stuff that I'm still, like, feel very much an imposter to. Do you feel like you're, like, two kids standing on a, a trench, like, to in a trench Absolutely. coat to look like a, yes, you, yeah. like a creative two-kid trench coat person? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think that I, I feel capable. Like, I think I can take care of stuff. Um... I, I think, like, I don't feel imposter about that. I just feel not smart um, in, in the, of, like, the things that you're talking about. But that stuff I feel like you can learn. In terms of, like, am I good enough as a person? Mm-hmm. I don't feel that at all. Like, good I, enough how? Am I talented enough? Am I good enough? Am I working enough? Am I, like, this thing where I have all of these accomplishments and I feel like I don't have any accomplishments mm-hmm. and then it'll be very I was talking to someone else about this I feel outside my body like I'll, I saw someone who I hadn't seen in a long time and uh, she was like so you're crushing it and I was like am I yeah and she was like yeah like I saw this I saw that like I saw this interview like wow like you're doing so well interesting and I'll be say- like I am a piece of garbage who's never done anything good I always feel like you think that you think that you're famous, and I don't think that I'm famous. I I don't know. It's relative. Um, I There are some times where I feel – it is also like this weird thing where I feel like am, am I rec- – people, do people that are not me know me? Yeah. Like people – I always think Gondelman's thing. I'm very famous among people who already know me. Like I think people that know my work – like it but then also like uh, you know i see then i see like posts from the met gala and i'm like well i'm not at the met gala so i'm not famous at all like it, it really depends on my metric for success which changes all the time i somehow 
like am such a narcissist and also hate myself. How does that work? I think that a lot of times maybe because you hate yourself, you then have to project this like bravado. And sometimes it does work in a fake it till you make it sort of way, Mm -hmm. which I think a lot of people with imposter syndrome do. They just try to like fake it till they make it. Right. Because because it seems to work for white men. (laughs) (laughs) When I run into someone and they're like, oh, you're doing great. I'm like, no, I'm not. I just sit at home alone all day. Yeah. I definitely feel like I am not successful and that I've done cool things, but like I'm on the decline and like I could have taken off, but the career didn't take off. And now I got to maybe I got to figure out something else to do. Yeah. (laughs) What else can I do? And like, can I just work with dogs? Like what's important to me? Yeah. And um, it's a yeah, I think a big thing is like, am I talented enough is a huge part of the creative process. (laughs) Yeah, I feel and I'm like, oh, well, yes, I have a book, but my book's not a real book because my book's an epistolary novel. And so that doesn't count. Yes, you try to discredit yeah. or like or like all the things that I've done in the past. It's like, yeah, you did those things, but like but you couldn't do them now. You couldn't. Yeah. Or like, I'll even feel like an imposter to my past self. Yeah. I was like, wow, I was so much funnier and smarter and quicker than I'm not mm-hmm. that anymore. Mm-hmm. Or or you go, well, I all of those things that I accomplished in the past, they were a fluke. Mm. They were a fluke. They, I got lucky because all those things happened. And, and now my luck's run out and I'll never be able to replicate it. This is depressing. <laughs> oh, I'm, I, I, yeah, I'm like having, yeah. I mean, I'm not um, in a place right now where I, where I feel hopeful or good about myself or uh, like, uh, yeah, or like that I can do things. Like, I feel like I lucked out. Uh, everything that I've gotten thus far has just been, like, I stumbled into this success or whatever. And so then, like, when someone's like, you're so hardworking, I'm like, no, I'm not. Yeah. But I but I am. I think I used to be and I'm not anymore. See, but that's the thing. That's yeah, I feel thing. like I feel most like an imposter to my own self is what I'm realizing as we're talking about this. To your old self. To you my, compare yeah. yourself to your old self. But then when you were your old self, you were like, I'm garbage. Yeah. But that yeah. was because of self-esteem issues then. Well, but what are they now then? Self-esteem issues. No, I just have much less going on now. I'm making significantly less money this year, and I feel really fucking freaked out about it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going backwards. Yeah. It's terrifying. Yeah. And like, I I don't, I, I feel like the interest in us has, has dwindled, or at least in me. Uh, you have a whole other empire that I don't have. I don't have like a whole separate brand outside of the two of us yeah but yeah i mean but then it's like what then you try to go like well what matters like what you know like what that's the biggest thing and that's the thing that keeps me from like being super bummed out all the time i'm like what matters is like my family my dog being a good person my relationship my friends like not even that that you're you're still working i mean think about all the the people like you're judging yourself yeah like you said against yourself but like you're sitting here we're working we're we're working right now yeah and but like, let's be f- let's be free let's be real for pennies <laughs> okay but i'm just saying like you're working and I like guess. and like it doesn't the, feel like there's work. other stuff that you're writing that is work like you're working right now so you're like god i don't do anything i'm such gar-. this is the thing right i'll like do five things and i'll be like i'm garbage because i didn't do a sixth thing i haven't done a thing in a long time you're doing one right now. This doesn't count, Gabby. Yes, it this does. This is just us babbling into a microphone. But Allison, this is what I'm Do you know how many people would be like, oh my God, you have your own podcast? That's incredible. On a network? Like, Pete, like you're, you know what I'm saying? You're like, I haven't done any work ever. We're currently working. And you're saying that about yourself. That's imposter syndrome. Wow. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> I'm right. Well, I'm right about that you sh- that that you shouldn't say those mean things to yourself. No, no, I'm a loser and a failure. <laughs> we can all agree. <laughs> you look so you're like laughing. Oh my god, you're like Ooh. crying. You were crying earlier. From real crying, you're crying laughing. Yeah. Yeah. Two sides of a coin. Yeah, I mean All this has done is made me freak out that I haven't finished our script yet. <laughs> Which is a thing you're working on. How about, I haven't worked on it in days. Do you understand that people do nothing for their whole lives? 
And no, that's not true. Yes, it is. People, people, there are people who have things that they wish they could do career-wise and they just never do it. And we've done all these things and we're still doing things. I'm barely doing anything. To, to you, to you, to the person who like is dreaming of being in this industry who like can't even like quit their day job, you're a fucking superstar. Thank you for the pep talk. You're a superstar too. <laughs> so John, this is your last episode with us. We're sorry to break the news to you auditory jerkers, aka fans of Just Between Us. But we are losing our our famous producer John to different pastures. He didn't die. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say better, like greener pastures, but that's that's rude to us. Yeah, uh, you can still let's let's for old time's sake rate the episode. Yeah, okay. totally. <laughs> oh my gosh, what new rating to give it? I got to think of something amazing. Um, oh gosh, can I give it um, like five praise hands out of five praise hands? Oh. Oh, yeah. yes, you can. I was hoping for six out of five, but that's okay. Oh, <laughs> we don't, ca- yeah, we don't take the ratings uh, mathematically. We take them just by feeling. Six okay. out of five isn't correct. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> but, but you know what else isn't, doesn't have to make sense? Love. That's so true. Oh, and we do love John. And yeah. we've loved working with you. I love working with both of y'all. Yeah, it's been, it's really been incredible. Like, thanks, dude. Um, y'all came in with an awesome idea. And we've, you know, we tweaked it here and there. And, you know, who says you can't adapt a YouTube show into a podcast? Who did say who that? Do, uh, you know what? Who did say it? Yeah, I but don't you, don't, you guys don't try it. We got it covered. We've we don't need any more. Perfected it. Don't even, don't even try. Uh, but, no, it clearly has been a joy working with y'all. Um, For us, too. Any, any of these recordings have been, like, the, the funniest, the zaniest, the most unpredictable. <laughs> I mean, the fact that I'm even here in this room, that was, it was not planned at all. No. 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 <laughs> it was not part of the pitch. We just were like, you will be coming in at the end no, every I time. No, I put it in the pit. You or, did? I put it in before see, I, the first episode. I added this part, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did not run it by you. No, No. not at all. Amazing. Yeah, I was a bit terrified, but also really happy. (laughs) (laughs) And what a short but sweet love affair it was for our listeners. Beautiful. (laughs) Now, like two years from now, fans will be like, I've been here since John was on the oh, show. Oh, that'd be amazing. You guys remember John? <laughs> Setting milestones. There yeah. we go. Oh, man. Did okay. you learn anything in this final episode? Oh, man. I learned that it feels good to let go of old baggage in terms of old friends. Yeah. Um, because that took me a while. And I'm yeah. still working on it. So that international question was was a great way to reconfirm that friendships that aren't working out or friendships that I've been trying to make work over time mm-hmm. from friends from high school or college are good to let go. It's fine. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what? Maybe I'll just do the uh, the ghost on social media. Maybe I'll, I'll, maybe I'll, I'll mute you. won't block you maybe. won't unfriend yeah. you, but, you know, just uh, – We don't have the constitution to block, but we will mute. <laughs> <laughs> Muting feature, I will tell you. Oh, my God. A Huge. lifesaver. Mm. Huge. Chef's kiss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, people grow apart. So I, I, I think your advice there, y'all's advice there was great that like, don't act on it before there's even a situation. Like mm-hmm. people just grow apart because of everything, um, because of family situations and relationships mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Yeah. That's just life. And yeah. God, don't, you don't want to be in their weddings. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What, what did she say? What was the thing? Not on the, on the table, table for, for me, me at all. all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. Just save yourself a couple grand. Yes, oh, my yeah. God. Oh, man. That I is... can't wait to use that in real life. That <laughs> is not on the table for me at <laughs> all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I also learned more about your, y'all's thoughts on imposter syndrome because that's something I think about all the time mm-hmm. with, like, every job I've had. Really? Uh, but you're yeah. so capable. Thank you. You're like the most capable person I've ever worked with. Oh. Oh, you're hugely capable. Mm, I like to say my imposter syndrome has gone with that, but no, it's probably, <laughs> probably still manifested somewhere. Uh, but <laughs> I think this this job here at Stitcher, I think I've felt the most confident about what I've been able to do and thinking and realizing, oh, wow, you guys just want me to take this idea and turn it into that. Mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. let's do it. Yeah. Great. You know, just there was a lot of freedom we had with the show and the fact that you two came in and had like a, a really solid idea from the beginning. 
and the fan base, it was like, I'm like, this is perfect. We can make this, we can make this happen. Yeah. And so I felt so confident that I'm like, okay, this is going to be a hit. We're going to hit our numbers. We're going to fly up the charts and we're doing well. Thank you so much for everything that you have done. We will, we will never forget you. I know, we'll miss you. Play that in memoriam music (laughs) from the Oscars. (laughs) Also, thank you to Joel Kim Booster for being our guest. Just Between Us is hosted by me, Allison Raskin. And me, Gabby Dunn. Our engineer is Brendan Burns. He also composed our incredible theme music. Our producer is Kristen Torres. Our senior producer is John Asante. Oh, for the last time. Final time. (sighs) Our supervising producer is Josephine Martirana. Our executive producer is Chris Bannon. Just Between Us is a production of Stitcher. Are we all going to cry? (laughs) (laughs) Should we just wail on three? Yeah. One, two, two, three. Stitcher. The mob, the mafia, the syndicate, the family. Once you're in, you're in, you can't get out. What we know about the mafia, it's all about the guys. But there's another side of the mob in the 20th century, and it's just as dangerous, but in a totally different way. Especially if you're a gay man, a drag queen, or a woman. We're talking about the underworld of New York City's very first drag clubs and the woman. That's right. A woman who ran them. A woman named Anna Genovese. Anna was the goddess. She's a tough old bird. Who was this mob queen with the insight and ability to write her own ticket in a man's world? That's what we want to know. Who is Anna Genovese? Mob Queens is out now. You can listen on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.